Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. And I want to preach on the subject this morning, the sword of the Lord. The sword of the Lord. Let's clap our hands and as you're seated and thank God. Amen. Amen. The sword of the Lord. Praise God. We're living in times where we need the sword of the Lord. Amen. We're living in times, amen, where we can't fight like we used to fight. Amen. We don't walk in the flesh anymore. We don't war after the flesh anymore. Amen. God has given us different weapons. Praise God to pull down the spiritual strongholds that this world faces. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said, you know, because there's people building and then people uh, watching and keeping what they build. Amen. And that goes on in all of our lives in some way or another. But the Bible said, amen. Unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it labor in vain. Amen. Unless the Lord watches the city, those that are on the watchtower are watching in vain. Amen. It doesn't mean we don't have builders and we don't have watchers, but it's just like in our homes. I thank God for the locks. I thank God for the lights. I thank God, amen, if somebody has a camera system or whatever, but amen, those things aren't the ultimate thing, keeping my house safe every night, praise God. It is the sword of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Yes, I go around because my wife said, hey, did you remember to lock that door? Did you remember to lock that window? And, you know, my mind's kind of like, uh, you know, as I'm getting so much younger these days. Amen. So sometimes I'll get her and I, I think I did, but I'll do a, a sweep before we finally go to bed. Amen. And, uh, and uh, lock it all up. So, yeah, it's, it's good. You know, you don't want just to leave things unlocked or whatever. Amen. But uh, we, we're not trusting just in that. And when I'm walking around and doing those last little checks, I'm saying, God, Lord, as we lay our head on this pillow, I know you're going to keep us when we sleep. Amen. And you're going to keep the kids when they sleep. And you're going to keep the church building when we're not there. Praise God. And I pray, cover us with your blood and cover us with your name because we need the sword of the Lord in our lives. You know, when we started serving God and walking with him, he never told us to stop fighting. 
He just said, we need to fight a different way, amen, with different weapons. He said, no more carnal weapons, amen. And we used to use carnal weapons, you know, whatever. We, you know, our basic weapons, your fists or slapping people or whatever you did when you got mad at people, you know, before Christ and all that stuff, amen. And, and some people got a little more aggressive and they got baseball bats or, you know, people use knives and guns and all kinds of things to settle disputes, amen. But God said, you can't use any of that anymore. You're in my kingdom now. Amen. And I still want you to fight, but I want you to fight my way. Amen. And, I, and I'm the chief fighter in your life. Praise God. And I give you spiritual weapons. Praise God. And you use those spiritual weapons, and then I do the actual fighting for you. Amen. Amen. To carnal weapons, you know, that's human or worldly weapons. So he told us he would teach us a new way to fight, give us new weapons, and that he would back us up when we use those weapons. Psalms 144 verse 1, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. He has to teach us a new way when we come to him. Psalms 18 29, for by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. Amen. It's only God giving me the strength to be able to run through an enemy troop and hop over the wall or whatever I got to do. By thee I'm doing it now. Amen. Deuteronomy 32, 30. How can one man chase a thousand of them and two people chase pursue 10,000 unless their rock delivered them up and the Lord had handed them over. Amen. If we try to do it on our own, then we're not going to even chase one. Amen. But when in the Lord, when he's in our life and we're using the sword of the Lord, then one of us can chase a thousand enemies. Yes. And when two of us bind, bind together, we can chase 10,000. It's because our rock delivered them up. And the Lord handed them over. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. The sword of the Lord is mentioned several times in the Old Testament, beginning in the book of Judges with the story of Gideon. Amen. And we find Gideon, when he found, and they were under the impression of the Midianites. Uh, and the Midianites, uh, amen, were ruling over the Israelites at that time. And it was a very sad time. They, they grew their crops, and the Midianites would take all their crops and burn what was left. And they barely was surviving. Amen. And God... Uh, spoke to Gideon and said, I want to deliver the people and you're going to lead them. Amen. But the problem was the Midianite army was huge. Amen. Hundreds of thousands of soldiers, well-trained. And here they had taken all their weapons away. All they had was plowshares and farming instruments and, and, and stuff like that. But God said, I'm going to do it. Amen. But it's going to be the sword of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And so he said, tell all the men of, of Israel to come that, that want to fight. And he gathered up 32,000 men. But that still was nothing against hundreds of thousands of well-trained and well-equipped soldiers. But he said, well, we might have half a chance. And God said, you got way too many men because I want you to rely on the sword of the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said, tell everybody that's afraid, go home. Amen. And about 22,000 of them went home. He only had about 10,000 left. Amen. 
And then God told him, hey, amen, another little test to see who was really going to be the ones he wanted to keep. Amen. And after that second test, amen, 9,700 went home. And he was left from 32,000 to 300 men. And God said, plenty. We're going to do it now. And then and Gideon goes, oh, no. Amen. But you know what? The sword of the Lord... It doesn't matter if you have 330 or 300. God can do it against the, the multitude. Remember, he's bigger. Greater is he. And through, through, through several events, when the Midianites were camped in this valley and these mountains were around, God said, okay, get your 300 men and grab some, uh, some of these lamps. Amen. And... Uh, and uh, uh, they hide the, the fire of the lamp and go surround the camp. Amen. So he spaced these 300 men out around in these mountains where this valley was. Amen. And then he told them, blow the trumpet and yell the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And then bust these little lamps open so that the lights show. Amen. And that's what they did. See, that's how they fought, folks. That's how God told them to fight. Amen. He said, use the sword of the Lord. Use the trumpet and shout. Amen. And he let the light shine. Praise God. And when the Midianites heard that, they thought that they were surrounded by thousands of people because God made them think that. And they were all jittery. They got up, started swinging their, their throwing spears and swinging swords. And by the time it was over, most of those guys were dead. And these guys are still up there just shouting and blowing the trumpets they didn't fire one shot because they used the sword of the Lord they shouted the sword of the Lord and Gideon amen and in 2021 and the times that are changing day by day we wake up we don't know what's going to be tomorrow in these days we're living we're going to depend on the sword of the Lord we're not going to depend on anything else because everything else is going like this. But God is constant and he's still on the throne and he's in charge. Amen. So the sword of the Lord is symbolic and it's metaphoric of the power of God. And when we have the sword of the Lord on our side, there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. And no enemy that comes against us can defeat us. Amen. Praise God. I want to encourage every believer in God this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to be okay. I don't care what it looks like in some, some days. It's going to be awesome. Because we got God. Amen. You never, hey, you know what? I just, I just thought, had a thought come to me just now. Amen. You know what? Praise God. You know what? It could be that the day that the rapture takes place, amen, it might not be the best day of your life, but it's going to be a good day when that trumpet blows. Yes. Amen. You don't know what's going to happen. All of a sudden, it's time. Let's go. Amen. God changes it in a second, in a moment of time. Praise the Lord. That's why we got to watch and pray and be faithful and serve God and put Him first. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. 
You know, when, when David went to see Saul after nobody went to face the giant, uh, you, you remember he went in and, and talked to Saul, and then when Saul couldn't uh, convince him and talk him out of going uh, on a suicide mission in his mind against a nine-foot giant, he offered his armor and his sword, and he said, basically, King you keep the sword, I'll take the Lord. Amen. I'll take the sword of the Lord any day of the week. I don't need this. I got my little rock, and I'm going to fling it in the name of the Lord. Host. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. When the Philistine was saying something to David when he was running toward him, and David said to the Philistine, you come to me in 1 Samuel 17, 45, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled, and the name of God is bigger than your sword and shield, amen, and spear. And he had the biggest sword, shield, and spear of anybody you ever saw. Amen. Being a nine-foot giant. But the name of the Lord makes that look like nothing. You see, God's name has always been one of our greatest weapons. And that's why we're supposed to cherish it. That's why we're supposed to reverence it. That's why we're supposed to not take it lightly or not use it in vain. Amen. The Bible said, Psalm 20, verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. It's not a time to trust in the weapons of man. It's not a time to trust in what this world has to offer. I'm going to remember the name of the Lord our God. For that name is not only a weapon, but it's also protection and shelter for us. For Proverbs 18.10 said, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Oh, praise God. And Jesus told us, amen, that those that truly believe in him, amen, will cast out devils in his name. His name is powerful. Amen. That's why we pray in his name. We believe in his name. We baptize in his name. Hallelujah. We say everything in his name. We do all things in his name because it's the only saving name. God's name is Jesus. It's the only healing name. It's the name above every name. The only name worth speaking when it comes to spiritual things. You know, in the Old Testament, after the king started coming, you know, David, uh, first it was Saul, followed by David, followed by his son Solomon, followed by Rehoboam, and then the kingdom split in two. And then there was the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom, a smaller southern kingdom of Judah. Amen. Praise God. And in the kingdom of Judah, which was still, amen, a little bit closer to God than Israel was. Amen. There was a good king that came. His name was Jehoshaphat. He was a young man when he started. Amen. And he brought the people back to God. And God really liked him. And uh, God blessed the kingdom because of him. Praise God. And there came a time 
during the kingdom of uh, the, the reign of Jehoshaphat that three enemy nations, Ammon, Moab, and the, 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 the children of Edom, all made a pact together and they formed one army and they started marching on little Judah, praise God. And it was told the king, amen, hey, we're in trouble. We got a big army coming our way, three armies into one, and it's huge. What are we going to do? Amen. Praise God. And so what happened was, as soon as those enemies were threatening his kingdom, praise God, he did what you ought to do. He did what we all ought to do. Praise God. He, he started seeking God, and he proclaimed a fast. Praise God. And he got all the nation of Judah to start praying and fasting and seeking God about what to do. That's the sword of the Lord, folks. Prayer and fasting is a great weapon. You pray and fast and let God get his sword going. Praise God. Amen. Prayer and fasting moves mountains in our lives. Prayer and fasting will back the enemy up and push him out of the way. And God always responds powerfully to prayer and fasting that's done in faith. Amen. And expectation. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And that's why I like, I like, I see us fasting every week until Jesus comes on Tuesday. I don't see why not. I think it's doing great. And God is blessing us. Praise God. And it's good that we do it. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then God in response to those people praying and fasting and humbling themselves. Second Chronicles 20, 15. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's you shall not need to fight in this battle set yourselves stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you O Judah and Jerusalem fear not nor be dismayed tomorrow go out against them for the Lord will be with you yes thank you Jesus now notice he said you're not going to need to fight in this battle but then he said go out against them well I thought you said we're not going to fight well he said, don't go fight him the way you normally fight. Don't go send your soldiers against them. He said, I've, I've, I've used your armies, amen, and blessed David and different ones all through history of the nation of Israel, amen, to fight in conventional warfare, and I blessed you, and I let you win that way. But he said, I don't want you to fight conventional warfare on this one. I want you to stand still. I want you to go out against them, but you're not going to fight that way. Amen. And he said, the Lord will be with you tomorrow. Amen. So 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21, Jehoshaphat got with the elders and said, well, he said, don't fight. He said, stand still. But he said, go out against him. What do, you, what do you think we should do? And so he got with the elders, and you know what they decided? They go, okay, amen. We're going to appoint singers. And we're going to send the choir out against this massive army. <laughs> amen. The sword of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He appointed, 2 Chronicles 20, 21, He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. Amen. 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 
That was the front lines against the huge army. And now when they began to sing in praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. Praise God. Now, folks, Ammon and Moab, if you read back in the Old Testament, they were brothers way back. They were Lot's kids, Ammon and Moab, and they became enemies of Israel. So the Ammonites and the Moabites, they were kin folks, so to speak. And they had the children of Edom, the children of Mount Seir, come and join with them in this, this thing against Judah. Well, as soon as the, the choir started singing, God said, God just said to the Ammonites and the Moabites and started looking at the Edomites and said, hey, these guys don't look good. And the Ammonites and the Moabites started whooping up on the Edomites. And the Edomites started whooping back. Amen. But they were overwhelmed. It was two against one. So they got wiped out. Amen. And then the Ammonites and the Moabites said, I know we're brothers, but I don't like you either. They started killing each other. And over here, everybody's just saying, everybody will be happy over there. Everybody, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. I praise Him in the morning. Praise Him on the battlefield. And then they're just watching them wipe each other out. And then they just went and mopped up afterward. Amen. That's the power of prayer and fasting. That's the sword of the Lord, folks. Amen. That's the right way to fight. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's why we need to praise God no matter what we're going through, no matter how we feel. Amen. Even if the enemy's right there, let's face him and praise God. Amen. We got to praise him when we're happy and praise him when we're sad. Praise him when we're up and praise him when we're down. Praise him when things make sense and praise him when things don't make sense. David summed it up in this verse, Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. Everybody say all times. All times, all times means all times. Yes. His praise shall continually, everybody say continually, continually, be in my mouth all times and continue. That means that sometimes in there I'm not going to be feeling good. Sometimes in the all and the continually, it's not going to be my best day. I'm still going to praise him. Yes. I'm still going to love him. Yes. He's not doing this to me. Amen. He's not doing this. And the soonest I praise him, the sooner I get with the program, amen, he's going to inhabit my praise. He's going to bless me. He's going to lift me up. He's going to come to my rescue. Thank you, Jesus. And I found the, this very interesting that once those that big army killed each other, there, the Bible said there was nobody left alive. And, and the, 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 the army of Israel didn't fire a shot, didn't, fi- didn't shoot one arrow, didn't throw one spear. And there was no one left alive on this huge army. They all killed each other. Amen. And then as most wars go, whoever wins the war gets the spoils of war. They go to the other enemy's camp and they get all their stuff. They take all their weapons, they take their valuables and all that stuff. That's the way it goes. And the Bible said that they, that the children of Judah, amen, and Jehoshaphat's people, it took them three days to collect all the valuables and weapons and the tents and clothing and everything that the enemy had, all the food, three days collecting all that stuff. 
So, so just, let's paint, let me just paint the picture real quick. Amen. We go from uh, king, sorry to uh, uh, upset your breakfast, but we got a huge multitude coming against us, uh, and it doesn't look good. And, you know, our army is no, nowhere near, you know, we, we're going to have to just get ready to surrender. I don't know, that, whoever, they were just saying, hey, you know, we're, 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 we're in big, big trouble. And then prayer and fasting. Amen. God tells them what to do. Amen. And so in the turnaround, and then they are blessed by the enemy that had tried to strike fear in their heart. They're blessed with all the stuff from the enemy. What a turnaround. Praise God. Amen. So when the enemy comes against you like a flood, you've got the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen. And you will... will what was meant to curse you will be a blessing to you. Yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All those 400 years when the Egyptians took advantage of the Israelites after the 10th plague and Pharaoh finally said, get out of here, on their way out, all the Egyptian families were just handing them gold and silver and precious Things and clothing and all kinds of stuff. They said, here, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. They, they, they went in there empty and they went out loaded with God's blessings. Amen. That's what I'm telling you. Amen. You just hang in there. God's getting ready to even use your enemies to bless you. Praise God. But you're going to use the sword of the Lord. The sword of the Lord. And after that war, amen, well, it wasn't even a war, but after that, word got out. Back to course, the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Edomites and then all the other nations that were prospective enemies of Judah. The Bible said in 2 Chronicles 20, 29, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. Amen. And the Bible said that God gave rest to Jehoshaphat and the enemy and, and uh, his land and his people from their enemies because of what when we let God fight, word gets out. Hey, yes. don't mess with those people. Yes. Amen. Praise God. And I'll tell you one thing: we've been blessed in this church. Amen. In this neighborhood, all these years, God has kept this building. God has protected us. Amen. And I'll tell you, because I've, I've met and I've known a lot of neighbors come and gone over the years. Uh, amen. And I've, I get feedback from different people. And the, and the word on the street, even from the gangs, is, hey, don't mess with that church. Even the gang members say, hey, don't touch that church. You say, oh, you don't want gang members on your side. God want anybody on my side that God wants to be on my side. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, whoever's not against us is for us. Praise God. God's watching this city. God's keeping this building. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. One of the greatest swords of the Lord that we have in our possession is the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. Amen. And that Word we need to stand on no matter what. Whether we feel God or not, we got to stand on His Word. Amen. The Bible said, Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts 
and intents of the heart. The, the Word of God is a two-edged sword. The Word of God, it cuts both ways. It cuts this way and cuts that way. Amen. It divides. It helps us. It cuts away the stuff God doesn't want in our lives. And it, we use it against the enemies. Amen. Jesus, praise God, used the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to defeat Satan's temptations when he said three times, It is written. Amen. And I'm so glad that he didn't use something that we couldn't do because he was God and we're not. Amen. But he used something that we could use. Amen. He showed us a great example. My ringer's off too, but it goes, the amber alerts, they go past the ringer. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so I'm telling you, the word of God that Jesus used, he said, hey, it is written, I beat the devil with the word, and you're going to do the same thing. You're not going to be swinging your fists because he's a spirit, but you're going to stand on that word of God that he said, I will back you up, I will confirm the word with signs and wonders following, amen. Oh, hallelujah. When you speak the word of God with faith and authority, great things will happen. Yes, amen. amen. Jesus. Praise God. You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he was taken captured, captive, before his trial and before his crucifixion, amen, when Judas betrayed him and he led all those soldiers and high priests and guys to the garden to take him captive, Peter had a sword. And Peter took the sword out and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear. And Jesus said to him in Matthew 26, 52, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the, the sword up will perish by the sword. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to teach you, Peter. Amen. In a short time, it's going to be the sword of the Lord and not this sword anymore. Amen. It's not time for this sword. It's time for the sword of the Lord. You put that natural sword up because my kingdom's a spiritual kingdom. Jesus stood before Pilate. Amen. The Roman governor and Pilate was between a rock and a hard place. He didn't want to, he didn't want to condemn Jesus. Amen. And then on the other hand, he didn't want to let him go because the Jews were all fired up. Amen. So he was questioning Jesus, trying to get the information. He said, so you're the king of the Jews, I hear. And he said, well, you say that. He goes, I'm not a Jew. I'm just telling you what I heard. Amen. And then Jesus said this powerful statement in John 18, 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servant would fight. Amen. They would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Amen. We're not fighting what Jesus even told him. We're not fighting a conventional fight here. We're not going to fight the Romans right here. Amen. We're going to do what the will of God is, and I'm going to the cross. I'm going to have my body broken so you can be healed. I'm going to have my blood shed so you can be saved and forgiven. Jesus told them, Amen. Put that sword away. 
Don't you know that any time I want, I can ask my father and he'll send 12 legions of angels to come and wipe all this out? But it will not fulfill the will of God. And I will not fulfill my mission if I call for that. I could, but I'm not. Because not my will, but thy will be done, O Father. Amen. His will is for us not to use the sword, but the sword of the Lord. Would you stand with me? Amen. The apostles stood there after Jesus resurrected and before he went up into heaven. Acts chapter 1. Amen. And the Bible said, When they therefore were come together, verse 6, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But he's going on to say, but this is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. He said, but you, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. So, no, I, I didn't want you to fight for me in the Garden of Gethsemane. No, amen, Pilate. My kingdom's not in this world or else I'd be making a last stand with my followers right now. Uh, no, we're not going to set up the kingdom right now. I'm going up there so I can send the comforter back and the church is going to start in the blaze of fire and cloven tongues. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, you guys just go and wait. You go sit in that upper room and you pray until you be endued with power from on high. You get the sword of the Lord in your souls, in your hearts and in your minds and you go out and conquer this world with the sword of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. Oh, we're going to pray and God's going to answer. He said, amen. He said, avenge not your adversaries. He said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. He goes, I want you to fight, but use the word, use the name, use the blood, use prayer and fasting, use praise and worship, use your faith, amen, and then I will do the heavy lifting and the fighting for you. So let's fight in prayer, let's fight in fasting, let's fight, amen, in the word, let's call the name and stand on the word and plead the blood going to see great things happen. Oh, hallelujah. The sword of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.